0: Welcome to the Kingdom Community Podcast. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the Kingdom of God on Earth. Now, enjoy today's show.
1: everybody, Glenn Blakeney here. Welcome to the Kingdom Community Podcast or Broadcast. If you're listening on audio on any of the platforms, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the major podcasts. And if you're watching on social media or any of our... uh, channels on uh, our, our ios app our android app perhaps you're watching on apple tv roku whatever it may be thank you guys for joining us i'm telling you it's going to be an awesome time tonight we're going to be talking about revival and reformation my guest is tony kim tony has a heart for reformation and revival he lives in california he's been involved in seeing transformation throughout the earth the discipleship of nations And Tony's got some great things that he's going to be sharing with us tonight. I know you're going to be inspired. You're going to be challenged as we live in this season, guys, of reformation. The Lord is reforming. He's doing amazing things on the earth. We've been contending for revival, but revival is not enough. We also need reformation. So Tony Kim and his wife, Jessica, are the senior leaders of Renaissance International in Bakersfield, California. As I said, they've got a passion uh, to see reformation and revival on the earth. Raising up everyday revivalists and reformers to transform the world. Wow, that sounds awesome. And also, uh, Tony leads and is the founder of the Roar Collective, a relationally based movement of leaders and influencers from every sphere of society to transform culture through revival and Reformation. He's also the founder of Roar Academy, which is an online school of Reformation currently in nine nations. Listen to this to equip, empower, and emancipate Christ following reformers to establish the kingdom of God in their world. In addition, Tony serves as executive director of Harvest International Ministry. An apostolic network led by Dr. Cheon and Tony travels all over the world, strengthening and equipping the body of Christ to disciple cities and nations. So we are so honored to have Tony with us. Just go ahead, guys, and leave your comments, hit the share button, let people know uh, about this broadcast. I know it's going to be a great time. I think we're having a little bit of issues with Facebook. Uh, but I hope everybody can see it. Why don't you just leave a comment if you're watching this on Facebook just so we know. Otherwise, uh, we'll just go ahead and we'll air this later on as well. But thank you so much. And we are going to welcome to Kingdom Community Broadcast tonight, Tony Kim. Hey, Tony, thank you Hello. so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me, Glenn. So good to see you and good to be with you.
1: Thank you. I know you're a busy guy, and it's a busy time of year and a lot of stuff going on, but so we really appreciate you taking time to be with us tonight.
0: Uh, of course. I appreciate you having me on and talking about, I think it's one of your favorite subjects as well. You know, <laughs> this, this whole element of revival and reformation, Glenn, this is who you are as well. So it's right. a pleasure for me to be here again.
1: Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm finding the uh, older I get, the more... um enamored I have become with with uh reformation you know for years I was a revival guy signs and wonders miracles stirring up uh the body of Christ and then I've come to realize that there's more to it than that and and that's great we still need that and and I know obviously you believe that uh the name of your uh, local church so to speak I know it's not just the conventional church renaissance international and then uh man what you're involved with this school of reformation all that why don't you tell us about that
0: you know a lot of this began obviously you know don't you love that god still speaks to us today mm-hmm. you know and back in and i'll just keep this short um, but back in 2006 i had a dream and in the dream in a nutshell the lord spoke to me and said you will begin a new renaissance that's going to huh. go to the nations. Huh. And, and I woke up with that reverberating phrase, uh, but I couldn't shake that one phrase of new renaissance. And, and so as you know, I thought renaissance, I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> you know, and, and I just said, okay. So I started diving in deeper, you know, I focused on revival and reformation over the years Uh But this whole renaissance you know as the lord Uh began to speak to me and renaissance um, is the french word for revival for Uh rebirth and and so i felt like the lord saying i'm about to rebirth this reformation in our day Uh there's a rebirth that's taken place and it's reform Uh Uh, and, and so from there the lord began to has drawn me deeper into this subject matter. And at that time, I've already been working in communities, really going after transformation, equipping churches, okay. equipping organizations to have tangible impact uh, with the kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. that caused us from there in 2009, through a number of prophetic words, uh, it was a confirmation of, of us planting a church. And so when we planted our team just said, hey, listen, I feel like God gave us a name for It's Renaissance. Hmm. Uh, And so we just continue to plow forward from there. And then in regards to the school, um, I was teaching in a number of different supernatural schools, Bible colleges and seminaries. And uh, I was teaching mainly on the supernatural during that season. And I received the prophetic word about starting a ministry school. And I just thought, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this and that's just the way I kind of filtered it. And I thought, why should I start something when I'm already participating? I'm already um, a part of existing ministries that are really powerful and incredible. And and then from there, I got another prophetic word saying that you're to start one, not to join one. Wow. And And through that, I knew right away because I always said, if we're going to start anything, it's not going to just be equipping people for ministry, although that's absolutely necessary. I'm not negating that fact at all, Okay. but we're to add to that. Um, the, you know, and the statistic is 2% of the population, if we're being generous, are called to the full-time vocational ministry. Uh. Then what are we doing with the 98% that are not called behind the pulpits in the church as their primary vocation. right? And I said, we need to equip what I would call modern day reformers, everyday revivalists and reformers to transform culture through revival and reformation in the world that God's placed them in. And so we came up with ROAR Academy. Again, ROAR Academy came through a dream, uh, the word ROAR, and it stands for Renaissance of Arising Reformers. Oh, okay. I really believe that there is a rebirth of arising reformers in this season. And I believe, Glenn, you and I are part of that.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and, uh, definitely God is doing something amazing. I'm finding people from all over the globe are hungry. They're saying, you know what? And the, the way church has been working is, you know, it's had an impact. Some places really struggling, really difficult. And COVID is really, kind of knocked the wind out of a lot of ministry sales, so to speak. But we're in a time now where people are wanting more, and they're looking for um, that which is really the New Testament way of doing things. So, Tony, when you talk about Reformation and Renaissance, what, what does that look like to you?
0: You know, in the, the early Renaissance, which was about a two to 300-year period, Uh It came out of it really was based out of humanism because it's in that place in that time where, um, you know, a lot of corruption was taking place. The church was stagnant spiritually and people were desperate. They were looking for solutions. Uh And so this renaissance began, but it came out of the philosophy and understanding that man is the measure of all things. Uh And and I believe that there's a new renaissance and a reformation in our day where reformers are arising with the understanding that no longer is man the measure of all things, but God is the measure of all things. Mm. Amen. And, and so that word reformation, you know, we use terms like this. And a lot of times, you know, there's so many aspects and different definitions, right? When we say revival, okay. it's, okay, how do you define that? When you say reformation, how do you define that? Sure. Think it back scripturally. You know, reformation isn't only a historical word, although it is. It is a biblical word, and so in Hebrews nine ten that verse ends with until a time of reformation.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
0: context of the writer there is he's delineating the old covenant, a new covenant, right. and trying to bring people of his day into the better covenant. Right, and and so that until a time of reformation, that word reformation, the Greek is diorthosis, mm-hmm. uh, which means to bring back to its original state. Uh-huh. Getting back to its original intent. Or another, the flip side of the coin of that is to establish a new order. Huh. And, and so I believe all that is taking place. And we've been set up the T, really, COVID set the T up for us. Yeah. You know, for such a time as this, that you know, yeah. your movement, Glenn, that you lead the listeners and watchers right now, that we are in an incredible season of opportunity to establish a new order on the earth which is this kingdom order that we live and abide by
1: yeah yeah absolutely so powerful and what a what a time uh it is what an opportunity god has really furnished for us to step into this so when we're speaking to believers in general you know um we're talking about this reformation um, what, what does that, how do you articulate
0: that? So we could talk about, you know, the definition of reformation, but then as reformers, uh-huh. simply put is to, you know, in Luke, it talks about how the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like leaven, you know? And so what, what, what I like to say is reformers bring the leaven of the kingdom and they knead it into the dough of society. Okay. And so in other words, we bring the solution from a kingdom perspective through God's creative spirit by the Holy spirit to bring order back into society, to bring healing back into brokenness, to mm-hmm. bring prosperity in the place of poverty, mm-hmm. to, to, to really help people live this life of fullness that God intended since the beginning. And uh-huh. obviously it begins with revival because people their hearts need to be saved. We need to be we need we need people to uh-huh. encounter God in a powerful way where um uh, you know it's the spirit. It's a uh-huh. spirit man, right? Where really nothing else matters if everything we can make everything better, but if everything's going to hell in a the handbasket, uh-huh. then what's the purpose? And so we want to see souls saved. Right. And then from there, we want to see people fully establishing the kingdom on the earth. So simply put, heaven on earth, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, would say is is what reformation is all about.
1: Yeah, great. And you mentioned earlier about you know restoring the original, the meaning of the word, the Greek word in Hebrews nine, and yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, we we want to make sure that people understand that when we talk about. Even when the Bible talks about in Isaiah, you know, behold, I do a new thing. Now, (laughs) in the context of that passage, it was definitely new in, in what he was about to do, restoring Israel out of captivity. But here we are in a time where God is restoring us, in a sense, to what was done previously through the finished work of Jesus, the apostolic prophetic foundations that were laid in the church the preaching and the demonstrating of the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of a kingdom, His kingdom that comes to earth, that brings change and transformation. I love Luke eight one and the New King James talks about how Jesus went around preaching and bringing the glad tidings mm-hmm. of the kingdom, and and so I believe that's what you're you're advocating. Um, you you say. Uh, the Roar Academy's mission is to equip, empower, and emancipate Christ-following reformers. Now, more more than good alliteration, I mean, what specifically do you mean by that? Equip, empower, and particularly emancipate, because these are people
0: of God, Christ-following reformers, being emancipated. Right absolutely, now, I need to be careful how I explain this, and so, for those who are listening and watching here, um uh, I am a pastor of a local church i com- I believe in the local church I believe the local church is a major vehicle in which God uses yeah. uh, to impact the world now, with that said, uh we know that you know we don't there's no such thing as a perfect church, right and so one of the things I understand. And you know, as, as I'm continuing to work with reformers and as a reformer, uh, and you know, I never called myself a reformer, people started calling me that. And I thought, <laughs> what what is that? Really? What does that even mean? Um, I don't consider myself a renaissance man, but people call me that. Right. So, but I will take that on that on that platform, on that um notion, mm-hmm. this is one thing I realized. I think as a church, um uh, you know, we, we have a level of understanding when it comes to equipping and what that means. Um, you know, and from a first, uh, you know, from Ephesians 4.11 to where the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers are called to equip the church for the work of the ministry. It's it's goes that equipping goes beyond teaching, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. It, it is helping them identify their place in the body of Christ in establishing yeah. them there. Yeah. And and on the flip side of the coin to that is also it's to mend a net and to gather people, which a lot of people don't talk about. But then there's the empowerment, right? It's it's giving them opportunity. It's it's giving them that place where they could exercise, you know, who they are, wow. you know, more than their gifting. Uh-huh. But then I you know, as I started seeking the Lord and as I started talking to different leaders, they were really frustrated with people they didn't know what to do with. And they would say, Tony, I don't know what to do with some of these people. Yeah. You know, the millennials in my church, I don't know what to do with them. Right. I, I mean, right. I hear uh, statements like that. And and so as I, as I started dialoguing with them on a deeper level, I realized they don't know what to do with them because we're treating them like revivalists instead of reformers. Uh, okay. You know, re- re- revivalists know how to operate within the church typically. You know, they, they, they're they're profound in it and we need revivalists today like never before, mm-hmm. you know, inside the church and outside the church, mm-hmm. you know. And, and at the same time, I realized they didn't know what to do with them because these guys are reformers. These ladies are reformers. And mm-hmm. with that said, and there was tension and frustration because I realized as ca- as lions and eagles are not to be caged. Mm-hmm reformers are not to be caged. They're to be freed. Yeah. And so as we equip them and empower them, we need to emancipate them. We have to free them Uh into society and loose them. You know, uh, we need to follow them. Yes. Cast them out into society. Right. Right. You know, to make that impact, make that uh, societal, um, you know, be that societal influencer in where God called them to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good, Tony. And you know what? It's so, it's, it's absolutely true. This is the way of the new Testament. It's the way of Jesus. That's what he did. You know, eventually he prepared the disciples in particularly, you know, he called 12 of them to be apostles and, then it says in Mark three that they might be with him and that he might send them out and right. that apostolos, but you, you use the word ekbalo, which is when the Lord Jesus, just for those who are listening, if you're not aware of this, when Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth more laborers, it's the word ekbalo. It's a forceful word that That's right. God wants to um with force, uh, send people out and, and I know sometimes we have an issue with, with just being complacent and comfortable and we don't want to go out in like the early church in Jerusalem. And then a persecution happened and they were scattered. They were ekballed so to speak. But then there are other, uh, and you mentioned millennials where definitely these guys want to run, man. They want to spread their wings. Right. They want to do things, but the church in many places has uh, just kind of don't know what to do with them. Like you said, or, you know, oh, well, this is what you do. And, you know, you, you minister here and we put them in these little boxes. I think personally for me, and I'm far from a millennial, uh, I definitely have felt that way throughout the years. Yeah, I went through a journey. My story in a nutshell is I come to Christ, I'm first person in my family in ministry, and what ends up happening is as I'm growing and I'm understanding who I am and how God wired me in the kingdom, I end up going, hey, you know what? I can't just pastor a local church here. Um, that's going to kill me. I've got to be doing, you know, all these different different things as well, what the Lord intended me to do. So emancipation is a powerful term, freeing God's people to be whom they were created to be. right. When I pastored, um, one of the things that was very common up until a few years ago was that we would, we would say, Hey guys, we have a vision in this local house and we want you to, you know, God has sent you here and we're, we're grateful for you and we want you to serve the vision. And, and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong about that, but, um, I, I do believe that vision needs to be a a big vision and a kingdom vision, kingdom size. And but but what we should be doing, and and I'd love for you to speak into this is kind of flipping the script and and just saying, hey, guys, like we want you to come here. We're here to to um sow into you to invest in you, to equip you. To stand with you, to celebrate you, and to follow you, so to see you freed, emancipated, so you can go and fulfill the calling, the vision that God has given to you, and even create um, uh, that freedom and latitude for people to really dream prophetically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love. What do you think about that in in terms of the local church shifting more into that? Um, I know it's apostolic, but
0: uh, i love it you're right it's this to me this is what it's all about and if we're gonna you know one of the paradigms that we've really uh found ourselves in during the season is this paradigm of family hmm. you know and if if we would treat you know one another genuinely as family rather than seeing each other from more of a traditional institutional religious perspective I think the dynamic would completely shift and what you explained is exactly what takes place in the family. Yeah. It's, it's that teaching, it's the journeying together, it's the guiding, it's the maturing, it's, it's helping uh, foster a culture of dreaming Mm -hmm. and then coming around that. And as mothers and fathers, Glenn, we're to create resources for our children so they can fulfill that dream. And then eventually we have to kick them out of the nest, don't we?
1: Yeah, and and
0: we, you know what, you're ready. Here, we're sending you out, right. and and I, I really believe that this is part of the reformation for the church, uh-huh. you know, especially as uh, God is um, restoring this whole understanding of the apostleship and apostles back into the body of Christ. Uh-huh. Um, you know that that we're seeing a fuller expression. Uh, really who we're supposed to be as the church. And I think it's okay in terms of the journey. I know a lot of people, you know, just are pretty critical in terms of the church was like this and like this, but you know what? I think God used the church no matter where we were and that's his grace and his mercy there. Yeah. Um, But as we're progressing, you know, in greater understanding with the apostolic and the prophetic, you know, being restored, there's another paradigm that's shifting right now, as we speak.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so when when we look at the world, the population of the world, you know, seven point eight billion people plus, and of all the unreached people still, you know, what we did a, a missions roundtable last night with some great missionaries that are working. On unreached people groups in southeast asia in particular and other places um and i'll tell you what there's still billions of people that have not been reached with the gospel right. and and we have a lot of work to do because jesus said in matthew 24 14 that the gospel of the kingdom he said this gospel of the kingdom will be preached That's as right. a witness throughout the earth throughout the world he said to as a witness or a testimony to all the nations, the ethnic groups, and then the end will come. And he said this gospel of the kingdom, meaning the gospel that Jesus was preaching, what he was stewarding, so to speak, when he was on the earth. So the gospel of the kingdom, and and we've preached um, on salvation. We've We've taught on, you know, even, even the way we've approached discipleship um, hasn't been, I'm not saying it's fundamentally flawed, but I'm, I'm saying it's not uh, robust enough in terms of, of what Jesus actually did and said. And I really believe we're moving into that state. You, you, you referred to fathers and mothers, family, um, huge shift right now. People are desperately wanting that. For example, I had a um, conversation earlier today with someone from a small island in the Caribbean. And they were saying, I mean, this island is so small, there's only a few thousand people live on it. And they were saying that um, they can't find spiritual fathers and mothers in their region, you know. And, and there's such a hunger and a desire for that. And we talked about that last, last week as well on the broadcast. So what, what does that uh, look like moving forward? What do you anticipate the Lord doing, you know, in terms of those who are really embracing uh, this, this reformation, you know, in terms of family and fathers and mothers versus the kind of institutional. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I think there's a hunger out there, Glenn, because we're created for family. Uh, that's you good. know, conferences are great. Meetings are great. Uh, you know, and, we, you know, I I host them. I do them. I speak at yeah. them. But at the end of the day, we're created for family. We're created for relationships. So it is a it's a cry of humanity and creation for that. Uh. And and so for me, um, you know, I have to take it back to Matthew 16, Verse eighteen, you know where, uh, you know Jesus says where well, it's right after Peter declares who Jesus is. You know you're the Christ, Son of the Living God, yeah. and and then Jesus says, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gate of Hades will not overpower it. And that that phrase where he says I will build my church. Right. And this is one of the things I believe God is putting his finger on right in this season oh is this, when he says, I will build my church that word build there in the Greek is oikodemeo, which we derive the word oikos, which mm-hmm. means home, right, family, yeah. community. And so then he says, I will oikodemeo my church, which is ecclesia. We're familiar with that. It's, two Greek words put together, kaleo, called out ones. Yep. But then the other side is the ones calling out is mm-hmm. also another meaning. And, mm-hmm. and so you have the dual meaning there. But the ekklesia is actually founded on the oikodemeo,
1: mm-hmm. on
0: the oikos, on the family. So I really believe that there's a grace in this season where we're seeing family revival taking place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're seeing prodigals coming back. And the Lord spoke to me about this earlier wow. this year. And, and he said, Tony, I'm starting with family revival. Uh-huh. And, and because one of the things that we know based upon sociologists and secularists in 2006, Glenn, um, the presidential administration, they did a research study. Okay. And it came out with this conclusion. And it was this that every social illness, can be attributed to lack of fathers, which basically means broken families. Yeah. And so if every social illness is connected to broken families, then what's the foundation for healing society? Mm. It has to start with families within God's own children, Yeah, within our own families. And so I believe reformation begins with the family transformation begins with the family and so he's putting his finger and his thumb on our families right now and he's rebirthing hope for the ones that we've been praying for for years to re-engage with the new level of hope to intercede to pray for the prodigals pray for the the husband or the wife or the children that have backslidden or still don't know him i'm still praying for my father we've been praying for him for 40 years you know, for yeah. salvation, and he's yeah. going to come. He's going to come to know the Lord, Amen. and and we all have family members, and so I believe that family is the foundation for that. Yeah. And it's Malachi four five six. Hmm. He's turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and children to the fathers, lest I might smite the land with a curse. Right. So God's heart is to bless the land, which uh-huh. is societal transformation, and He does that on family. Hmm. Yeah.
1: That's so good. And wow. So powerful. And you know what, Tony, I I really believe that. And not only personally in our own biological families, Mm -hmm. but obviously the wider family that God created his church to be, as you mentioned, uh, a household, so to speak, Mm -hmm. a family. And, and I believe, you know, as, as a, an example of this, We pastored a church, and when we went to this church, it was an established church. It was in decline. There weren't many people left. And we, people weren't, there was no community. There was basically, there was kind of a few people, the same people that would hang out with each other. We were intentional over a period of a few years to build family. And by the time we ended up leaving the church, and transitioning we actually saw there was such um, family love and community there it was amazing and people to this day talk to us about that we hear that
0: mm.
1: and and i've visited um other churches uh even recently and obviously great churches great content Great mm-hmm. presence of God and all that, but then I look and I go, well, how do I connect with anybody? Like right. there's, there's no way to connect. So I, I think this is, this is a huge issue that we, we need to address. I, I was talking to um, a young millennial. It's actually on a Zoom call with a lot of other pastors from around the world. And There was this young millennial leader in South America, and he was talking about this, that how they're seeing. Um, such a hunger among millennials and, and younger for community and restoring that. And he even said, you know what, if you have a choice to spend $200,000 on, you know, lights and, and, or, or build a, a cafe meeting area to hang out, he said, build the cafe meeting area. He said, because that millennials would and and Gen Z would rather be able to hang out and build family that way. And, And, and I see that I don't care who we are. You know, we're, we're talking about reformation, Tony. And one of the things I believe in this reforming process that God is doing, there is revival and there's reformation is God is reforming and bringing together uh, a body too. And, and Ezekiel 37 is really, I've been preaching on that a lot recently the wind, the breath of God, That's the right. life of God, which is, speaks of revival, didn't happen until there was a coming together of body right. and the reforming, so to speak, of you know the body. and And I believe we're in this season where God's saying He wants to reform His body. And if we're going to be one body, as Ephesians four, you've already mentioned this, talks about. Then we're going to have to learn how to be family. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 not just like we're connected bone to bone, and and uh, we have no choice in the matter. We can walk away, but ultimately that analogy isn't one hundred percent accurate. But we are a family, and uh, we're going to have to learn how to be family and really love one another, and in, in this in this time. So I think that's a, a big part of of what the Lord is doing. Now, one thing, and certainly you feel free to, to, um, you know, just take that a little deeper if you want to, but I I was wanting to just talk about what's going on in the world in terms of the darkness Mm -hmm. in many respects, the past um, couple of years, especially we've just seen, just seems incredible uptick in, in just the works of the devil and what he's doing and what what's your take on that what's going on and and how do we respond to you know what's
0: happening spiritually in the world yeah I you know i think we're living in the most exciting times of history mm-hmm. um and you know it's i i really believe we are living in i think to deny the darkness i think would be foolish
1: Right. Uh, sure. I
0: mean, we are in Isaiah five where people are calling good evil and evil good. Right. And at the same time, I also believe that we're in Isaiah 60, hmm. you know, um, arise, shine, Yeah. you know, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you deep darkness, the earth and, and the people. But then it says qu- Kings and Queens will come to the light, hmm. you know, and, and I believe on the backdrop of darkness, That the church, it's the greatest hour for the church. It's the greatest hour for you and I as the the body of Christ for us to shine. And it doesn't mean we have to do anything. You know, the reality is us just being present, Hmm. we're shining brighter than before because it's just getting a little darker. Yeah. And and so I, I really believe that in the darkest places, you know, and the reality is whether it's personal, everyone's going through a level of darkness on a personal level or global in terms of what's happening with the shaking Yeah, that, you know, we have to remember again, Matthew 16, you know, it's, it was at the place of the darkest place of the region, perhaps the earth in the known world during that time, Caesarea Philippi, the occult right. practices of blood sacrifices to the God of yeah. Zeus and Hermes and all that in the right. darkest place that's where the greatest revelation of Jesus yeah. came forth. Yeah. And, and I believe that we're here to, to proclaim, to, to declare and demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom, you know, and, and reveal the goodness of God mm-hmm. in a world that's filled with fear, pain, loss, uh, to let them know that there is a father that loves them. mm mm-hmm. and and to bring healing and demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. So we Mm -hmm. need revival and reformation. And when people are hurting, you know, Glenn, when COVID broke out, I started receiving calls from different mayor's offices. Um, Part of my past is i work with cities uh, and uh, city council mayors to to help really just bring a lift to uh, their community. And one mayor called me and said, Tony, I don't like people like you. (laughs) <laughs> he was referring to me as a Christian. And he really? said, you know, I, ha- I live this lifestyle and you may not even like me. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, I have no reason not to like you. I said, I don't know you. Right. And he said, well, our communities community's in trouble. And I was told that I need to call you because you may have some solutions. Wow. Uh, so I met with the mayor. I met with the city attorney, the city manager, and a couple of the city council members. And we created some strategy and uh, you know, for me, I don't know what I'm doing, Glenn. I just say yes and desperately cry out to God. Right. <laughs> That's my <Yeah>. strategy. <laughs> there you go. And then, yeah. and then he speaks to me in my desperation Yeah. and, and we implemented some practical strategies yeah. and literally saved that community. Wow. And, and he and I became friends. Um, you know, the one who said, I don't like people like you right you know and so reformation impacts on a systemic level Hmm. and when you impact systems and structures that's when uh you see sustainability and longevity
1: yeah 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 and you know when we talk about reformation we we look you know in europe at the reformation obviously Mm -hmm. what it did to culture and to society is is massive now i'm not by any means saying that we need to mandate that everybody becomes a, you know, a, right. whatever, right. A, a Lutheran or a Presbyterian <laughs> or, or whatever. I'm just saying that we're, we don't need to go back to that stuff, but we do recognize and value and appreciate the work that was done in terms of seeing society greatly um, Im- improve and, and, as a result of a heart that said, Hey, we're not here just to get people in a building on Sunday, but we're here to make a difference in our cities and our nations. And, and that's a huge part of the gospel. And and we're seeing more and more people are embracing this, but moving forward, you know, we are starting to see nations open up again for visitors. Um, and we don't know maybe in 6 months a lot of nations are going to be open up but what what is it going to look like what what should we kind of take away from this season we've been in and and how do we you know really move forward in a way that we're truly collaborating with holy
0: spirit i think john 17 Jesus' is prayer, Father, make them one, as you and I are one. And he goes on to say, "The glory that you've given me, I give to them." I think that's to be that needs to be the primary pursuit yeah. in terms of what we can what we can deliver and what we can give to the Lord. Is perhaps you know, Stacy Campbell, Glenn, you and I, you know, both know her friends. Um, you know, she said, "What if our generation becomes a generation?" That doesn't only cry out for God to answer our prayers, but we answer the prayers of Jesus. Wow. That one prayer, and it's such a powerful statement. Yeah. Um. And and so for for me, this is, you know, Glenn, when we when we're with leaders, things are so macro. Yeah. Right. We're so global. So we'll talk about discipling nations, and I've stood right. before presidents okay. and kings and tribal leaders, and you know, Glenn, we've we've both done that. Um, but oftentimes it becomes so nebulous and disconnected, yeah. and so this is this is what I encourage uh, every reformer, even leaders, because a lot of leaders don't know where to begin. It's identify uh, the area of your compassion. Oh wow! Okay. Because because yeah. you know pe- we're trying to solve the world's problem. It's not going to happen. We're just not that good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're not that smart. We're not that powerful. Right. Yeah, right. I guess yeah. some of us will say, well, in Christ all things are possible. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But uh, but practically speaking, you know, where does your compassion and mercy fall on? Huh. Because that's probably the place where God's calling you to create and bring reformation. Identify one area that you're called to address. Huh. And then from there, this aspect of collaboration, Glenn. It's not just okay. What can I do? It's yeah. who do I want to work with? Who has okay. God called me to be with? Come because on, now. I can't fulfill the 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 dream that God's given to me and who He created me to be. I'm yeah. not going to fulfill this apart from you, Glenn. Right. I'm not going to fulfill this apart from the Watchers and listeners because it's to be fulfilled as a body, as a yeah. community. Yeah. So the second question is, who do you want to work with? Who's already doing it that you could join yourself to? You know, we don't always have to lead. I just tell God, when you touch down in a room, I don't need to be on a stage. I don't need to hold the microphone. I just want to be in the room when you move. I just want to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, and and so that's, I would say, identify where your compassion is. Know who you want to work with in the community that God's given to you. Hmm. Right. So I heard someone say, if you find your family, you found your destiny yeah that's wow that's and, powerful and so you know it's it's the family that god's put you with right you know i want to do this with you glenn yeah and, you know I, you know and some of my other friends you know that that yeah. god put together and yeah. then from there come together yeah seek the lord you know so often when i'm with reformers the first thing they do is whip out the whiteboard you know <laughs> and I don't know about you, Glenn. I love whiteboards. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, love, I was a consultant for many years at a consulting firm uh, for government, corporations, doing private public ventures and strategies. And I love whiteboards. But Reformation doesn't begin with whiteboards. It begins with an encounter with God. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so as a community, get before the face of God, Psalm 67, 1, God be gracious to us and let the light of your face shine down on us so mm-hmm. that your way may be known on the earth. Mm-hmm. So salvation will come to the peoples and the nations mm-hmm. would praise you. Yeah. you know, it's about the ways of God. Yeah. And then from there, how do you know you're making change? You have to measure your impact. Huh. And, and so what, you know, instead of saying, you know, we, we loved on a thousand people. Well, how do you measure that? You know, and how do you be specific and tangible? And then from there, it's when and where will you begin? Yeah. Well, so these are just some key, simple, I guess, strategic uh, thoughts or questions that you can begin with in terms of where we're going. Things are starting to open up. And I yeah. would lead with some of these questions in terms of bringing Reformation as a reformer.
1: Yeah. Those those are really good um, questions, Tony, because I believe completely concur with you that that we definitely need to do this in community with others and one of the things that we need to be reminded of i believe is when you read the new testament for example you see teams you you see community you know the and it's so important recently when i've been talking about the apostolic um you know, we've kind of been using the word apostolic centers because we work with people around the world that are wanting to start these centers in their area to train, equip and send out people. And that's good. But I, but I said to a lot of the guys that I, that I interact with, I said, look, we need to be, to develop apostolic communities. That's right. And it's about the people, you know, um, And when we have the people, when the people are apostolic in the sense that everyone knows I'm called to be part of the body of Christ. And God has a specific work for me to do, obviously, to be conformed to Christ's likeness and to fulfill my purpose and destiny. And Like you said, that statement, when you find your family, you'll find your purpose or your destiny. That, That is powerful. So powerful. So many people are trying to fulfill their destiny. I you know, Tony, I've been I used I've been saying this recently. I said, are you a body part or are you part of the body? Yeah. There's a lot of people that are That's body good. parts. They know, hey, I'm this, I'm that, this is where, you know, how I function, but they're not connected. And that goes yeah. back to Ezekiel thirty seven as well. The body uh was not connected, the parts and so there's a coming together, you know, that has to happen. And, and so I really appreciate your insight on that. I, I think it's so powerful and and everyone who's listening, please, guys, you got to understand this, like YouTube, Facebook live, there's, we're going to keep doing these things. It's going to impact people, but ultimately this is not a substitute for family, for community. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be a uh, part of your family and community. And, and you can definitely get that, but the, the, you gotta have people that you're doing life with and doing community with as well. And, and, um, so that, that's great. Tony, what, what would you say, um, is, is one of the greatest needs right now in the body of Christ in terms of really seeing the power of God, the supernatural released. What, 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 is it that we can uh you know we need to do or or come into alignment with like if we're talking about reformation but let's talk about end with revival here
0: sure sure you know it's i was part of a uh panel for a uh doctorate program not too long ago and um this question was posed you know what what do we do what what needs to happen you know, with what's happening now and family was a big part of it. Hmm. But um, the other part that I brought and I said, and I'm going to say it here is we, as God's people, we need to get compassion back in our hearts. Okay. Uh, We want the power. We want the demonstration. We want, you know, Jesus said, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And it's, I mean, that was not an option. Yeah. Right. It, It was, it was a mandate yeah and and so, for us to move in that direction and for us to move in john fourteen twelve the greater work shall we do mm. um, I think in this season over the last couple of years, I don't know about the world, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I could include the world in this statement, but at least I know in our nation, Glenn, yeah that compassion has been set aside, yeah, um, and I believe that when we start operating in a compassion that the way Jesus did, compassion mm-hmm. unlocks the power. Yeah. Compassion yeah. raises the, I mean, everything Jesus did just in the gospels, he had compassion. So he healed yeah. all those who were oppressed. He had compassion. So he raised Lazarus from the dead. He had compassion. So he fed those yeah. who he saw us hungry. He had yeah. compassion on them. So he taught them. Yeah. Everything flowed from a place of compassion And when we're operating out of God's heartbeat, Mm -hmm. um, compassion and how do we get compassion? We need to be a people of prayer. Okay. You know, there's a saint that said, you know, prayer doesn't only move God, but it moves us to alignment with the heart of God. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I'm sure there's other ways to getting, getting compassion, but for me, the best way for me to align with God's heart is to start praying for people. Um, in my sphere praying for my nation pray for the nations yeah um, because when you pray for the nations you capture god's heart but you're captivated with his heart so now you start operating in a power and authority that that he's he gives to us by the spirit and 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 then from there it's we, we start operating from a world of limitless yeah and that's what i do glenn before i minister people ask me what do you do to prepare yeah. Well, my message is usually prepared. I may not know what I'm going to say, but Glenn, we yeah. preach long enough where, yeah. let's be honest, we could just throw a message out. We could yeah. just you know, bring one of the top five messages. And if we've never spoken that we could blow <laughs> it up. Right. I mean, let's be honest about that. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. But but outside of that, that's not what changes people. It's not what transforms. People. That's not what releases the power. Exactly. So my heart is, God, give me a love for this church. Amen. God give me a love for this community. How do you see this community? How do you feel about them? How you know what's your heart towards them? What do you want for them? Yeah. What do you want to say to them? And I started capturing his heart and and then the miracles just start flowing. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think we as a church, we need to get back into aligning with God's heart and operate out of just compassion and love. Yeah. Maybe wow. too simple, but I believe
1: that the gospel is simple. And what you've just uh, articulated is so profound yet simple. Mm -hmm. And I, and I really believe that was really what Jesus was saying when he, on his final week on planet earth, he's talking about the vine and the branches and basically Mm -hmm. saying, stay connected. And when we're staying connected to him in that place of intimacy and communion, his life flows into us his desires his character and and all all who he is so so we love people the way he does and and we minister out of that place you know i was thinking of something that happened many years ago it's just like the holy spirit just reminded me of this i was ministering in northern canada i'm originally from canada was born in toronto and raised in the toronto area And I went up to this northern community, French uh, speaking community. And when I got there, I met with the pastors and some of the leaders. And, you know, we had a great time of fellowship. Then they began to tell me about this woman. They said, you know, there's this woman. She'll probably show up to the revival meetings and she'll cause drama. You know, she'll, she'll create a disturbance or whatever. And, and so anyway, uh, I think it was the second night. The first night was awesome. We saw miracles and the Lord was moving. The second night, she walks in, and, and how I knew is the pastor, he nudges me, and goes, There she is. And and, <laughs> and when I saw her, um all of a sudden the Holy Spirit started just giving me such compassion for mm-hmm. her. And wow. he gave me some specific words of knowledge regarding some trauma she had gone through and, and abuse. So I, I asked the pastor's wife to come with me. Um and we I went over to her and I just spoke with her. This is while prayers and worship's going on. I just went over and I spoke with her. I said, hey, this is what the Lord told me. And I I said to her and she goes, Yeah, it actually happened three times and she broke Tony. She started weeping. She started weeping and that night, she got delivered. Come on, she was healed physically. She had a condition, I think, it was in her hips and her knees. She was totally healed, and she just walked out with the her countenance just you know glowing. Came back the next night, got baptized with the Holy Spirit, totally changed and was transformed. And it was all because the Lord allowed me, he imparted to me, you know his his grace and his perspective how he saw her as his daughter and it, it set her free you know and and so i i know um what you're saying is so true if we can deal with people that way
0: mm-hmm. and just
1: show them love and the the love of god right you know it's the paul talked about the love of christ constrains us and the yeah. love of god is poured out in our heart by holy spirit and he's the one who does that So that's powerful. And guys, um, everyone who's watching this broadcast, what Tony just shared about compassion, man, we desperately need that in America. We need that in Australia. We need it in in Singapore and, you know, in Brazil, wherever we are in the world, we need to manifest him. And I believe, Tony, that this reformation that's happening, really, the... The uh, outcome of it, you know, is that people would see Jesus represented. That's right. And, and you know, my friend uh, from Africa, we had a conference recently. He was preaching and he in in their English. They don't say represent. They say represent. And <laughs> right. he just kept using the word. And I was like, it's so true. We're representing. So when people see us, they see Christ in the body. It, we're his body. So what? That's right. Should resemble him. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's uh, right. I love that. I yeah. love that. So awesome. Any any uh, f- final thoughts? Glenn, we could talk about this subject forever yeah you know um but i think you know in this season i just want to encourage everyone's heart um you know all the all, all the listeners watch those watching uh those who will watch those who will listen that god is on the move everywhere i'm going mm-hmm. glenn right now especially in this season i really believe we're in that acts eighteen nineteen season mm-hmm. where we're gonna see you know acts 19, 19 11 says you know, and extraordinary miracles were done through the hands of the Apostle Paul. I believe we're yeah. in the days of extraordinary miracles. Yeah. And we're seeing tremendous, tremendous moves of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, revival and reformation are never meant to be separated or divorced. Yeah. They're one of the same. Yeah. It's the same coin, two different sides. Yeah. And we need the power of God. And I just want everyone to remember you know yes we need solutions we need healing and we need encouragement but also remember that we are the healing that god released on the earth that we are the encouragement we are the hope that god's placed on this earth and and so for me it's i just live my life based off of three things which is really simple faith hope and love hmm. you know let's just yeah. continue to believe yeah. You know, uh, God's promises in this season. Let's yeah. continue to believe who He says He is and who He is. And faith is in the confidence yeah. of I can do this. Yeah. Faith is really the confidence of this is who Jesus is. Amen. You know, and and then hope. You know, I really believe we're the voice of hope, Glenn. Reformers are the voice of hope. And there's it's really this hope reformation that's being released all over the earth. Oh and And so, and it's the love of God again, compassion, but cool. we need to be secured in this love, yeah, advance with his hope, yeah, and operate in faith, oh, in that, yeah. and everything we do
1: say that say that one more time, be secure in his love, secure in his love, and advance in his hope,
0: and operate in faith,
1: awesome, that's so good, that's so good, wow, hey. Tony, like you said, we could talk about this long, but there's been a lot of rich, uh, content revelation shared. I really appreciate you taking time to be with us. We're going to get this video out, man. People need to, need to watch this. I really believe it's going to be a blessing. Thank you so much, Tony Kim, for being with me tonight here on, uh,
0: Kingdom Community and, uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on Glenn. And uh, I I love what you said. Are you a body part or are you part of the body? Yeah. You know, and, and let's all be part of the body. Amen. And so Glenn, thank you so much. Uh, And, you know, I just want to honor who you are and what you carry and your contribution and you being a gift to the body of Christ. And I can't wait till we have sit down and have a meal, have a cup of coffee here in uh, Pasadena soon.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. Thank you, man. It's so good. Really enjoyed this. Such a blessing. You're such a blessing to the body of Christ. Okay. Thank you. Talk to you. Yeah, talk to you soon. That's All that's right. Good. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey, well, everybody, as my guest has been Tony Kim. Uh, man, what an incredible interview. Lots of great content and revelation shared. Practical stuff. You know, how do we live out? this life of reformation and revival and representing Jesus. Tony shared so many rich nuggets, guys, so many powerful takeaways. I encourage you to go back, listen to this uh, interview and discussion again and again, and check out Tony's ministry. Just Google his name, Tony Kim. You can find out more about him and all that he's involved with. Um, he's a great man of God, a humble servant of the Lord. I, I love humble people. And Tony is one of those guys that I picked up uh, right away as as an individual who really demonstrates the humility of Christ. And he shows honor and respect for all people, not pretentious. It's the real deal. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys again. My name is Glenn Blakeney. Please check out our website, awakenations.org. And... Hey, if you're looking for a spiritual family, you're looking to connect. We have free training once a month, third Wednesday. It's coming up soon. Just go to kingdomcommunity.global forward slash mentoring and you can sign up. Kingdomcommunity.global forward slash mentoring. Check out the website. We have an explainer video you can watch. Janet Gales, you more about the kingdom community, what we do, how you can be involved. We're about connecting, equipping, and seeing you sent out to fulfill your destiny in Christ. Have a great day wherever you are in the world. Great night. Blessings. My name is Glenn Blakeney. Talk to you later.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Community Podcast. To learn more about us, including how to connect with our kingdom community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. If you're enjoying this show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so other listeners like you can be encouraged. We really appreciate that effort, and we hope you will join us again in the next episode of the Kingdom Community Podcast.